Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of How to Sell Advice, the podcast all about helping you package and sell your expertise so you can build a more leveraged and profitable marketing practice. In this episode, we've got Brad Hussey. Brad is a tremendous web designer turned educator and creator. He's a fellow Canadian like me out of Westward Direction in Canada, based out of Alberta. And in this episode, we talk about how he made that leap from an employee all the way back in the day to being a full-time web designer, and now to where he is today, where he's an educator, a creator, a community builder a YouTuber, and a whole lot more. So we talk about how he's effectively built this business that that is a, essentially a flywheel for where he is today. He sells courses on various platforms that drive traffic and awareness to his, his own website, which further perpetuates the flywheel. He also sells courses and coaching and services on his own website. So it's a really interesting business model that plays really well with his expertise and creates this harmonious relationship between all the different parts. So you're going to want to listen to this one. And we're also going to talk a little bit about how he's built his YouTube channel and any advice that he has to help you build your own YouTube channel. This is an interesting episode. And if you're kind of in the mode of how do I get out of some of these services? How do I find new ways to leverage my expertise into courses, into community, into partnerships? He partners with Wix, which we're going to talk about and how that works. Uh, then you're going to want to listen to this. As always, if you get any value out of it, share it with a friend. That's all I ask, and uh, I hope to see you on the other side. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. I'm super excited to unpack your story and all the cool things that you're doing right now. And we had a recent discussion connected online, and you're an interesting character because you have this great background in web design. You fell into, and I'm going to use that generally, into education work. Now you're running a community in partnership with Wix. So as always, I want to unpack, how did you go from that hands-on keyboard selling websites to, to packaging and leveraging your, your expertise to, to build a community that you're in now? Why don't you take us back to where your roots are and then what led you out of the path of just selling websites? Cool. Yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate uh, you having me on here. It's a, it's a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'll give you a bit of a genesis of my uh career story uh, from where I came from and to where I am today. So I started out, I went to school uh, out in the West Coast of Canada here uh, for interactive design. Learning is a catch-all program, a couple of years where you learn everything from graphic design to animation to Flash, Adobe Flash before uh, nobody uses that anymore, but uh, to back-end programming, front-end design, the whole Adobe suite. You know, we learned some business, SEO. It's kind of a catch-all program to kind of prime uh, people in this technical and creative field for a career in in whichever route. And so there's a lot of uh, colleagues, my colleagues, whatever they're called, my cohort in school, um, they went on to be game designers, uh, app developers, you know, graphic designers. And um, I from the beginning chose like, I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to do this solo. Like, I don't want to work for a company. I don't want to do any of that. I want to find the way where I could just do it myself. It's got to be a way. And um, so that was always on my mind. And so I started doing freelance work in school. This was 2009 to 2011. I started just taking on clients. I, as soon as I learned HTML and CSS, I was like, okay, I, I'm it's good enough. I could do something. I could sell something with this. And so I got a client, I built a chiropractic website and uh, that led to another referral. And so I just, I've had clients since 2009 and selling cheap websites and then they'd get a little bit more expensive. I'd get better. And then, you know, as that story goes, uh, finished school and I got a job as a front end web developer at a boutique agency. Uh, when we worked on big campaigns, it was very cool. 
got to work on big projects for like movies and TV shows, car companies, like large kind of products that, you know, household names, got to work on campaigns and websites and, you know, local restaurants, even things like that. So I got kind of deep dive into the world of building sites for these sorts of clients and, you know, working on budgets that would be, you know, 20 to $200,000. And so I got to see how that all worked. Um, but I still freelanced on the side and it was, I got to the point where I was freelancing almost full time outside of working full time. Mm -hmm. And this was prior to having children. So I had the capacity to do it, but I still had dissonance because I wanted to spend more time with my wife when we were newly married at that point, just a couple of years. And so I wanted to spend more time with my wife and not just working and then working and then having 20 minutes before work and 20 minutes before bed, you know, like I wanted more time yeah. with her. <laughs> and so I was like, something's got to give. And I've been always wanting to do something solo and have that flexibility and that freedom. And I don't necessarily like my job, though it's a dream job, so to speak, in this capacity. It's really cool. And I just realized, you know what? I think I need to go all in on this freelancing. And I think with the amount of time that I'm going to buy from that, I should be able to, I should be able to do well. And I had enough clients where, you know, I, I, I had a strategic plan. It wasn't some haphazard. I want freedom and I'm throwing it all, you know, no, I made a plan and uh, gave them a heads up. That job actually became one of my bigger clients for about six months as I transitioned out of it. I said, Hey, I'm, well, you know, we're leaving, I'm leaving the job. We're leaving the city. My wife's uh, pregnant. We're going to have a baby and we, we were going to move. So I can't stay here, but I can uh, keep doing your front end development work on a contract basis until you find somebody else. And they said, sweet, that sounds amazing. We appreciate it. So that was a nice segue out of that ramped up freelancing, kept that going. And within the first three months of uh, freelancing, and this was like only like a few months before we had our, our first baby. Um, I went from like doing pretty decent, like as a beginner freelancer, you know, paying bills, like it wasn't anything to, you know, uh, blow your mind over, but it was like, Hey, I could pay all the bills to like making, like, I think it was like a $716 a month. And I was like, that's not going to work at all. <laughs> like I can't even pay rent with that yeah. at the time. And so I was like, well, my options are keep an eye out for going back to a job, which I did all this work to not do, or find another way to make income in addition to client work. Because I, as I started to really realize client work is up and down, up and down. If you're selling fixed one-off projects, especially yep. in the one to $2,000 range, you know, yep. it's like, you got to hustle a lot, to scrounge up some work for that. So I, uh, at the suggestion of my wife, she was like, why don't you like teach, like book a room at the university or the college and like sell tickets to teach web design or something. And I was like, that's an amazing idea. But in my mind, I was like, what am I going to get like 10 people? And then what? I got to get another 10 people. I'm still selling my, my time. It's not scalable. And it's a lot of effort. And I was like, I don't like the lack of leverage in that, you know? But I like the idea of teaching and extra income. So I like Googled at the time. I was like, how do you teach a course on the internet? Because at the time, in like 2012, it wasn't as, it was more of a novel idea. It wasn't as accessible as now everybody 
this is, this is a thousand course platforms and marketplaces. And it's pretty common. Like it's not a crazy idea, but then it was. So Udemy came up and this was long before Udemy was like the number one online course marketplace for anything and everything at all. Um, and I was like, I'm going to try this. I'll sign up. It showed you how to record some videos and put a course curriculum together. And so I whipped together a course called PSD to HTML5 and CSS3. So slicing and dicing a Photoshop mock-up and yep. coding it in HTML, CSS. And I just kind of leaned on my uh, personality and my passion for the subject. And uh, I have a theater background, so I was cool with being on camera and kind of hamming it up a little bit. And uh, the course content was I think it was pretty good. I mean, looking back on it now, it's kind of embarrassing, but at the time it was pretty good. And I put it on Udemy and I remember going to bed one night after getting it all published, waking up the next morning and seeing like three sales came through and I made like 60 bucks or something like that. And it just like, it was like a paradigm shift where I went, that's it. That's a thing now that I could do. Wow. <laughs> and so- it just, it blew my mind. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I felt like, um, felt rich. Like I struck a gold mine or something. Right. And, and so I realized like, this is a great idea. And so I kept that course going and did student support and all that. And then I, out of the suggestions of the students, Hey, we want to learn this. Okay. I'll create that course and then sell that one. And then you'd make a bit more and uh, and then Udemy started pushing my stuff. Uh, so I was one of the early kind of, um, I'm trying to say this without like sounding like I'm gloating or anything, because I don't mean to, but I was lucky enough to be one of their top instructors for a while, quite a while in the design and development category. Now there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of instructors. Then it was maybe hundreds or something. Um, and so my stuff bubbled up to the top pretty quickly. And so I got like pushed I was on the home page, I was on the featured page. Like, so I got tons of traffic. And then that was, you know, creating free stuff, creating paid stuff. And so that, like, for quite a while was this amazing engine for revenue, but also traffic and re brand recognition and awareness of me. So people started searching my name and Googling me. Uh, and I realized, like, I should probably blog or have a website, collect email addresses so that I can keep in touch with these people outside of Udemy if they want to stay in touch, maybe sell them website services. And so I would, I would also get, that would be like a flywheel. People would say, Hey, I tried taking your course and you're so good at it. Or I really liked your vibe, but I'm terrible at building white websites and I'm an entrepreneur. I'd rather someone do it for me. Could you do it? Absolutely. So it was like a flywheel. It was a lead generator in addition to selling education. And then that led me to another thing. So I, my ethos for business has just been to keep my eyes open for opportunities and be open and, you know, have business plans and, and ideas and strategies, but I think I reserve like 50 to 60% of my career existence to just open your eyes, man, and see what's there. Cause I might think this is the best path, but there's something right here screaming at me and I should try that out. And it's because of those, that awareness of just being open that it's led me to like my biggest career breakthroughs, including this Udemy thing. When my wife was like, why don't you try this? I might've been like, no freelancing. I have to do this. And I got to sell WordPress websites. Um, just keep my eyes open and trying an opportunity out being okay if it doesn't work. And so these students would say, Hey, now how do I get clients? Like, I kind of want to model what you've been doing, like freelancing and making money in, in that sort of way. 
how do you get clients? And I was pretty good at it. And so I was like, I can, I could show you what I know. I'm a few steps ahead of you, but I can, I could show you what I know. And so I would create a course about freelancing. And then I started to learn more about freelancing, doing it and building websites and getting better as a designer and a business person. So I was just going to share my insights, like 10 steps up the road and package it into a course or a live stream or a workshop. And some of them would be free. Some of them would be paid. And, and then it just kind of real, like all started kind of coming together. Where I was like, Hey, I think I've built this thing where I am not only a web design freelancer or a creative studio selling websites and, you know, marketing assets and collateral, but I'm also like a somewhat of a expert who's able to sell my expertise and sell my knowledge and sell my advice. People would book calls with me and ask for my advice about this client situation or how much should I charge or these things. So I started following that and that built up a list. It built up a list, it built courses, coaching, you know, and that would again, bubble into people wanting me to build sites or build their sites, start to craft a bit of a niche. Um, and all the while I'm creating content, YouTube videos, courses, doing free training, paid training, coaching people, kind of just being open. And uh, so I've got this like uh, bulk of, or maybe not bulk, like library of content that I've created across the internet, um, both for my sites and also other people's sites, kind of like being on this podcast. And those I never really realized until like five years later, I've been doing this now, like 10, 10, 11, what is it? 2009. So whatever that is, 14 years. So it's a long time. It's kind of weird. Um, that compounds opportunities like investing in the stock market. So I created something and made a deposit. Let's say I purchased a share of, or I'm trying to create this metaphor here. By creating a content, a piece of content, a course, by you know doing that, investing in creating that. And years later, it would create an opportunity. Hey, I just signed up for your course, or hey, I just saw your stuff on Udemy, or hey, I watched that YouTube video you did. Oh, you changed my life here, or I tried this thing, or I really love this. I'm like, man, I created that eight years ago, and you're watching it now, or you're just thinking of it now. Like, so it blew my mind, but that would create opportunities. And one of the most Notable opportunities for me um, was over the pandemic, uh, business was a bit slow for me. Um, you would think that free, the freelancing world offering services and coaching for freelancers would be actually a really good opportunity to get um, customers during the pandemic because all of a sudden everyone had the opportunity to be freelance. And uh, I think a lot of folks did pretty well because of the pandemic and, and that they were positioned right. Maybe they got a stroke of luck or they're in the right place, right time. Not quite for me. It actually was the opposite. I don't know why, um, but it was very much like people were like, ah, I don't really have the cash right now, or I don't want to invest in a coaching program or another course. Like I just need, I just need work or I just need a job. You know, I don't have the money for it. So I, I had a lot of that. And so it was kind of a little bit slow. Uh, a little scary at times, but I'd built up a portfolio of income sources that was kind of like a, like a huge safety net to be able to like, it's not just cut off or like tanking, like one can be taken out, but you've got these other ones that you've created. So that very much was the case for me. And so I was grateful for my efforts in the past to do that. But 
um, it was slow. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do here. Like clearly I'm in like a, a, a massive crossroads in my business. I don't know what it looks like in the future. It was like for the first time ever that I was pretty uncertain and pretty scared and was fully open to like, I don't know what's next, uh, but I've got to really keep my eyes open here to see what's next, the next step. And um, I got an email from somebody, uh, an agency who partners up large brands with creators to create content for them. And in this case, they were like, hey, we need you, uh, we need you to create a video ad uh, for, a, you know, for a piece of software. And I looked into the software and I was like, yeah, it looks cool. Like I actually kind of like that. It was in the web design space. And so I got to film a YouTube ad and kind of was a one-off project. And anyway, that, that was fine. And I was grateful for a little project um, that was different. And then anyway, this person from the company who I was creating it for, so this is Wix, uh, they reach out and uh, he goes, hey, I'd love to talk more to see if we can work together. Like, I like what you're doing. Got on a call and I was like, why, why, why me? Like, why are you reaching out to me when there's like a whole bunch of creators out there? And you're like, what, what do you, what draws you to me? And so he's like, I like your vibe. I like your stuff. I've watched your content. I've seen your videos, your courses, the thing that you did for us here. Like, I like it and I like you and I'd like to work with you. And so that led to some conversations and fast forward a little bit. Um, now, like I have this really cool, um, relationship with them, helping to bring awareness and uh, recognition and to draw the conversation in the web design and no code space to editor X. So that's the no code creation platform, no code web creation platform for agencies and professional designers who are building websites, but without code, you know, and that's a huge thing right now. It's lots of software competing for their share in the market. And so editor X is an incredible product that I use myself now and I really enjoy and they've basically because of the work that I've done over the last 10 plus years, that created an opportunity for them to say, I'd like to work with you because I've seen your portfolio of efforts and content. And, and I like that. And I want you to, to help us in this capacity. And I was like, say what? Like, did I just, is one of my clients Wix? <laughs> Like, and I'm going from, from restaurants and smaller, you know, you're kind of scrounging up work or you get medium sized businesses and, and I'm pretty good at that to so just go like, boom, like what? So I was very grateful. And so now bringing it to today, um, I, I still do client work. Uh, it's very choosy and picky. Um, so I I'm in a privileged position that way. Very grateful for it. Uh, but I get to pick the projects I work on and we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, and I create a, uh, content on YouTube and a community. I'm, I'm facilitating and growing a community for creative professionals, web design agencies, and creative studio owners who are building websites for clients, building products for clients, uh, designers, and we want to help them succeed. And so that's a free community. And because of my partnership with editor X, they um, allow, everybody wins here. So the community wins because the content that they're getting from me in terms of bringing in guest experts, interviewing experts, 
uh, creating content, creating original content, videos, training, courses, uh, resources, tools, assets, um, live Q&A sessions, co-working sessions, networking opportunities. It feels like they should be paying a lot of money to be a part of that community, but it's free. So I've had people ask, like, what, when are you going to start charging me for this? Well, I'm not. And that's because of my partnership with EditorX. So you can thank them for that. They've paid your admission. And I get to just create the best version of what I've always wanted to do, but I've had limitations. The wrong gear, not enough time, not enough resources. I had to scrounge money over in the freelancing department, over in this. I had to do... Now I just get to create unfiltered, pure content that I've always wanted to be able to do. And so now I get to do that for free for these folks and uh, Editor X wins because we also create content training and guidance for Editor X, but also, hey, if you're using a different tool, it's okay, that's fine. But you also know you get this access and this network because of Editor X. So you're going to look at them in a nice light. And the the feedback has been nothing but positive. Whenever I at, whenever people ask me, what's going on here? I tell them and they go, man, that's really cool. I've never seen that before. So that's what I'm doing now. Uh, in addition to some client work and some consulting and coaching, very much selling my thinking uh, and my advice, selling my uh, selling my brain instead of my hands. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm, that's where I'm at now. And that's all because I just kind of kept my eyes open and kind of uh, allowed myself to explore. Wow. Well, that's an amazing story. And, you know, yeah, it just kind of reminds me of like little parts of my early story when you were talking about cheap websites and then kind of, you know, figuring things out and going one client to the next and then wondering where that recurring revenue is going to come from so that you can actually have some stability and working two jobs. I, I built my web business on the side of my full-time job. And so I also didn't have kids at the time and it was burnt, you know, I was like burning out, but like trying to make this thing work like you, I wanted to be self-employed. And so yeah. it was kind of a lot of echoes to what, what you're doing there. And I love how you just sort of landed on teaching and you thought, okay, you, you maybe the in-person stuff might've worked for you probably would have to some extent. Uh, but you went, you know, online as an, almost a pioneer in the Udemy space, which is, which is interesting. Um, do you, let's, let's break it apart a little bit. So you yeah. currently have the, the Wix, you know, funded editor X community, right? Well, it's, yeah. it, it's, uh, it's not, it's not a Wix editor X branded, but that's kind of the sponsorship and it's a brand play. Yeah. So they pay you some money and that's, I don't know if you call that a sponsor deal or kind of a partner deal, I guess some kind of a partnership. Yeah. Um, the technical term. Yeah. Cause when you say sponsor, you know, people are kind of aware how that works now. Like you sponsor a YouTube mm -hmm. video or you, but it's not like that where they're sponsoring a one-off stuff. It's like, it's like very much like a partnership in terms of my marketing ex expertise and ability to create content. It's kind of like, Hey, we want to help you do the, do the best in your field. Mm -hmm. But bring us along for the ride and uh, and let us know if you need something. You need, if someone has questions about EditorX or if you want coupon code or this or whatever, like we've got a really good setup there. So it's way more than a sponsorship in, in the sense that it's more authentic. It's not just, hey, we'll give you 500 bucks for a video or something like that. Yeah, less transactional. It feels like a partnership, although that that term has a bunch of things built into it that may or may not be true. Can yeah, we talk a little true. bit about the uh, about that arrangement? Uh, you can. I'm, I'm I'm not sure what you want to disclose or not, but uh, are they paying you a fixed sort of fee to do this? And and is there and in exchange are they looking for any KPIs, or are you compensated by any kind of things separately? Like how what's the rough shape of it without getting into you know anything sensitive? 
Sure. Um, yeah. So it's like ongoing, an ongoing relationship. Um, and yeah, KPIs are very much a part of it. So it's fascinating for me um, because when you are working with a, like a large company, you know, KPIs are really important. You need it. Like if you're getting a budget for something, you know, the people who are, oh, got the purse strings, like they want to know, like, well, what are we getting for that? You know, and let's set some benchmarks for, you know, for determining if this is valuable or not. So it's very cool to, to be a part of that, but it also, you know, you know, it's not just like, okay, I open up my community and answer some questions and I create a cool piece of content or a fun video. It's like, no, 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 no. Like all these things have to be tied to what's the theme here and how is this going to uh, increase engagement in the community? So we have benchmarks for what good engagement is and what it should be and what's not good enough. So conversations started, uh, DMs happening between members, uh, people attending events. So when we do events uh, and guest experts, it's like, hey, you usually have a 30% attendance rate. This one had 50% with a longer uh, stay time. Like, what did you do differently there? Okay, let's do more of that and see what happens and change the call to action. So there's lots of strategy, um, lots of figuring out like, you know, it's not just numbers. Like, let's get lots of people in the community. It's, we want engagement rate. We want um, people uh, conversing, attending events, consuming content, but also sharing feedback, helping each other out, collaborating. And also ultimately at the end of the day, signing up for an editor X account. And ideally you're an agency owner and that's like our target market here. Uh, and you build sites for clients. So you sign up for editor X, you take our free course on it. We help you out. We do a live call. We walk through, we help you out or they help you out. We've got a cool arrangement there for that. And you go, okay, I love this. This is going to be a game changer for my my business. Uh, and I've got a whole bunch of clients and all my new clients, we're going to set them up on the Editor X platform. So what's nice, uh, what's a nice KPI is, well, how many people are signing up and how many of those people are bringing in new Editor X accounts? You know, so if you're an agency and you got 10, 20, 50, 100 clients on Editor X, well, that's, that's excellent for Editor X because that's that many premium accounts. Yeah. If we bring in a whole bunch of agencies and we really help them succeed on the platform and, and not only on the platform, it's like holistic approach. Like, oh, your pricing's way off or like, oh, your marketing is way off. Or do you, have you set up automated email marketing or your branding or your design is pretty janky, man. Like we got to fix that, you know? So it's that sort of stuff so yeah. that they could really succeed using the Editor X platform. Now, if they don't use it, that's fine. But we have KPIs for what we'd like in terms of all of these metrics. And so it's very cool to see community building as like a, a business. Yeah. And so in terms of compensation, do they pay you as a fat, flat fee? Like obviously you're accountable to, it's interesting to hear you say that the things you're doing have to create a downstream impact. You're still there, you know, showing there has to be a performance element to the community, you know, to some extent, they may be obviously cool with you innovating and figuring it out and fluctuating and that kind of thing. Uh, but are they paying you basically to like, how is that? Like, is it a fixed, like, are they, is it based on hours or anything? Or is it, you know, is it a fixed no. fee or performance? Like what's that? How it's does like it come a, to the deal? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, it's a fixed fee Yeah, and it's more like kind of minimums of what's required. Like there's expectations of what's required in terms of like, uh, you know, we create videos for the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so it's less about a volume of videos because as we know, like you can create lots of bad stuff. So they want, yeah. and I want, uh, we've mutually agreed on this, like 
anything that I put out has to be good. So if that's once a month or twice a month or early the earlier stage last year, it was once every week because I was able to, to do that and we wanted to get the channel rolling, yep. then cool. But it's not like, no, you have to hit four videos a month or, or this. It was more like, it has to be quality, it has to be good. And if you are doing it, like it has to meet your standard that you set for yourself, of like high production, high quality, entertaining, educating. Um, and in terms of the community, like we do try to set like, you know, when we do certain meetings, numbers of members are ideal because at this point with about a year and a bit of data behind us, we can see roughly how many people convert to um, like to signing up for Editor X or to creating premium accounts mm -hmm. um, roughly. So it's like, we go, okay, well, let's, um, let's say within the next X timeline, we want this many new members, but remember, it's not just members. Cause if you're bringing in a whole bunch of like newbie freelancers who love platform Y over here, it's not going to do anyone much good if they're all like asking, how do you make $500 on, you know, uh, WordPress right. or something like that. So it's like, you know, we try to create craft our target audience and, and focus on that, but, you know, make sure that we're accommodating for other folks who are, who are not using, uh, the Wix ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, your, your job <clears throat> is hard because some of it is non-attributable, right? Like someone could listen to this podcast, be like, what is this editor X by Wix and then kind of Google it and then see, oh, I see how it fits into the ecosystem of other tools. I'm just going to sign up for that's great. Or they hear about it today. They see your YouTube video in two years and then they sign up for it in eight years, like you were saying earlier. So, yeah. so like, it's hard, like, as you know, it, this is where partnerships are key, mutual trust, where it's an understanding of, okay, this is a, a brand play. And yeah. yes, there's performance indicators. There are signals that it's moving in the direction that is creating sign-ons of agencies who have downstream clients who's then going to create that ripple effect. Um, yeah. But we also have to be realistic about measuring everything. And, you know, it's really proxies for success, you know, and yeah. does this feel good? Is that quality of interaction? Is that quality of video high? And not knowing whether that's going to perform a result. Do you find it difficult to juggle that performance element with this brand element at the end of the day is what, what you're building. Uh, is that difficult for you or are they pretty understanding of how that all works? I've got to say like that I've been um, wildly impressed and pleased with how pleasant it has been to work with them um, and how trusting of like, Hey, you, you do you like do it. And I'm like, okay, but like, I do it like this. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. So I'm like, this is incredible. So they're really trusting, but that also, I think what it does as well is when someone trusts you, you want to make sure that you're worthy of that. And so I like, I don't slack off about this. I treat it very, uh, uh, professionally and, you know, I, and every single individual member who comes into the community and joins an event or asks a DM or any of these sorts of thing or needs help. You know, it's like, I see them all as like, I have the capacity now to really serve this person. Whereas before I'd be like, ah, if they're not in the top of funnel and then buying my $99 course and the three month time frame, I'm not very profitable. And okay, I got a quick, I got to get a client job to pay the bills. It's like, yeah. no, like set me up for success so that I can set other people up for success. And so they're really accommodating and trusting that way, which in turn makes me show up hard. And so it is interesting juggling 
you know, like KPIs and certain metrics and like, okay, what's your goal? What are you going to do? Next time we meet is this timeline. Uh, what are you going to bring to us? And I'm like, oh, wow. You really want to know that. Okay. So I'm going to bring you, we're going to have this many more members. We're going to have this many more conversations. We're going to have a 10% increase in this. And I'd like to see this many premiums. I'm like, sweet. Okay. Make it happen. I'm like, oh crap. Okay. Let's go. Let's make that happen. But in a genuine, authentic, fun way that, that truly helps the person. And so that's why sometimes we'll have people come in and say like, I, I'm a WordPress developer. I'm on this platform and I've been doing this. It's my business. And then I go like, look, I'm not going to just like try and like convert you over arbitrarily. Like if this is your thing, that's cool. But I want you to win. And I want you to succeed whatever you're using. Because also it's the same sort of thing. If I pay that forward and I serve this person, help them increase their price, add a new model to their, their business or really help them out of a sticky situation, they're going to go, well, you know what, Brad and his crew helped me out with that. And that's because of that situation he's got with Editor X. And so like maybe someone, you know, wants to know more about Editor X and they see it in a positive light because it's been beneficial to them in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, it, it's interesting going back to that performance element because I think so much of the success of what you're doing is going to be felt way down the line. Yeah. And so like, and even like growing a community really hard and getting yeah. engagement from people really hard and being different really hard and like being agnostic and also having your own brand and, and then folding in this thing, all that is like really hard. And so yeah. I don't even know how you would measure or like, it's good to have these measurements and to aim for them. Yeah. Um, you know, so in some extent, it sounds like there's, you know, you're, you're cool with it, but there's a bit of pressure to, to deliver performance where really the main performance is like, you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. I don't yeah. know if you, I mean, you've kind of already commented that on that, but it's an interesting mix that you're dealing with there. Yep. Um, it is, they say pressure makes diamonds, right? Yeah. I like it. Uh, what <laughs> I do also like about your setup is, uh, is you've managed to integrate your own business into it. So you're not you're not just like becoming an employee of this business and you're kind of losing your sense of self. Like you're allowed to, um, you know, maybe you can talk about this integrated with your email list and, uh, and sell your other products. So it's very much you sponsored by like powered by financed by editor yeah. X. And that's kind of a context that adds the brand value, but you don't yeah. have to give up any of your own independence as a, as a professional you know, educator and freelancer. How does yeah. that work? Like do all the people who join the community become your, subscribers and then you have that relationship or is that more of like this belongs to the community and maybe one day I'll go away and someone else will take the reins. How does that right. work in terms of owning that relationship? Um, so yeah, the, when people sign up for the community, you know, it's all, it's tied into my email list. And so um, they would then opt into my email list as well and have access to me via my newsletter um, and, you know, and, and the broadcasts that I'll send out occasionally for certain live updates. And so, yeah, it builds my list. You know, if I grow this community to thousands or tens of thousands or whatever uh, members, like that's all growing my list in tandem. So long as they opt in, you know, people obviously unsubscribe or they're not interested in marketing emails um, as well, or, or newsletter emails, because everybody's got too many newsletter emails in their inbox anyway. So, but it is like uh, in tandem growing my audience as well. Um, whereas the community, so the community is, um, it's its own thing, but it's tied into my list that way. So, and then yeah. also in terms of you get on my list, uh, and 
you go through my welcome series and you realize, you know what, I'd really like to learn how to increase my prices or switch over to value pricing for my uh, agency, you know, or productize. I'd really like to learn how to productize. It looks like Brad's offering a workshop and, uh, and then you could buy it. You're, it's like, and it very much feeds into that. So people will buy my freelancing courses, pricing courses, workshops, uh, certain replays, products, you know, you can buy my Udemy courses anytime, but and same with my other courses, uh, people will book calls, coaching calls. You, know, you can book me for one-off coaching calls as well. Uh, I have a restrictive schedule for that, but I still offer it occasionally. And if um, I also offer kind of a freelance uh, intensive service for email marketing and website refreshes. So if you need a, like a brand refresh or you need a, you know, email marketing automation sequencing in ConvertKit, you can, you can book me uh, either by a day or a week. And so I still do those, but again, you know, like I'm, I, I allot the time that I, that is appropriate. So my priority is my community and content that I'm creating, but sometimes I got a good week there or, or a few days where I go, you know what? I could take on an intensive there. And if someone is looking for that and often they come through the community or my list, then uh, I'll, then we'll book it in and we'll do that. And I'll make sure to allot that time for it as well. So yeah, very I very cool. much have that capacity to do that. Yeah. I think that's really great because you don't lose your independence and, uh, and yeah, you can still, you can build something that's more sustainable both for you. Like if you align the incentives, then everyone wins. And, uh, as long yeah. as you're putting in the effort and energy for this main thing, which also benefits you, that's part of the compensation for performance is like, if this thing does well, they'll do well, I'll do well. Everyone wins. That's yeah. really great in terms of a partnership. So yeah. in terms of the breakdown, right? So you've got money coming in from this, from the community via your, your partnership, you've got Udemy, which maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Um, mm -hmm. you're on YouTube. Uh, do you monetize your YouTube? I guess there's a little money coming from that. Yeah. A little bit of ad revenue coming in from that. Um, we, you get monetized at like 10 K subscribers and, or I don't yeah, remember like 50 what the something right now. Right. Yeah, well, I have my own personal YouTube channel and I created a new YouTube channel as a part of this in, uh, initiative. And that was a specific decision because I wanted to start from scratch and I wanted to not rely on my past, you know, YouTube audience or reshift. I didn't know what the algorithm would think. I was just like, hey, let's just start from scratch and rebrand it. And I just like start like from a creator from zero and see what happens. And, um, I have, we have like 17.2, like 17,200 subscribers at the time of this call. Yep. which like, I think it's incredible. So we've been able to monetize, you get a little bit of ad revenue, nothing crazy, but it's, it's validating. Um, and, uh, it means that the content is very specific. Like it's yeah. not a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like my other channel, it's more like, no, it's like helping creative professionals and agency owners succeed using editor X, no code, um, you know, improving your design discussions about this industry. It's like, it's really targeted. Okay. We're going to talk about YouTube in just a second. I want to finish okay. off on the business model piece. So you got, you got your Wix community rather, uh, Udemy, YouTube, which has a little bit of money maybe coming in your own mm -hmm. products, freelancing and consulting and, uh, or coaching and consulting and freelancing. What, what's the rough makeup of your revenue streams? Is it like 80% sort of the community and then sort of the rest creates like 20% or how does that break up for you? Roughly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Roughly. Yeah. So um, let's say, uh, I would say about 80% community and content 
what we're building with the creative crew and sent, getting it right, a 15%, 10%. Again, these are rough numbers, give or take 5% for everything. Um, yeah. 80% community, 10% courses. So I'm going to lump all that in from Udemy to my courses. I have courses on awards, the awards Academy. Uh, I have it on various other platforms, um, teachable marketplace, my own sites, my own memberships. So 10% ish, maybe around there. And then that leaves me with another 10%, is it? So give or take a bit is going to be a, a sorted income from affiliate revenue from mm -hmm. just like links on my blog or in my YouTube videos, uh, sponsorships. So we do sponsorships as well. Like on the channel, I got to do sweet sponsorship for like a, a password security manager. Uh, it's not on frame right now in the camera, but like I got a whole bunch of desk organization gear that I got to yeah. review. So we do the occasional sponsorship, affiliate revenue, um, uh, ad, ad revenue from YouTube, from my, this channel and my other channel. Um, and the occasional, uh, did I not include freelancing in that? You didn't know. Oh, okay. So then I need to change these numbers. 75 120%. No one, like no one's <laughs> going to get mad. That's totally like, okay. man. I want your business model. <laughs> I want that portfolio of income. So shave everything down a little bit and include, there's a, probably a good 10% that's service-based income. Okay. So I'm yep. going to say, you know, there's 80% community, 10% courses, affiliates, sponsors, 10% uh, services, freelancing services. Consulting. Would you lump so. consulting, coaching, freelancing together in that bucket? For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Very interesting. So what I love about your model, obviously, is that you've got a lot of revenue streams. So like, you know, depending on the catastrophe that happens in the world next, you should be at least covered by some, in some part, by some of these things. Yeah. Um, very good. Very cool. Thank you for that. And would you recommend people get into Udemy today based on I would. Or platforms like that? Like, and you're talking about I would. Teachable and everything else. Yep. I would. Um, I know some people say like, don't do that. Build your own audience and, you know, go, go solo right from the beginning and go indie. Sure. Do that. But why can't you do both? Like yeah. there's no reason you can't, um, other than you're not productive and you're not very good at producing. You create one thing like the Jack butcher ethos, like build mm -hmm. once, sell twice. It's like, yep. why can't you build once and sell twice on eight different places, you know, like, and create various versions. So what I say, I'll, I'll say this quickly is yes, absolutely 100% build your list, build your audience, build your personal brand, build that. Yes. But let's say you don't really have much audience, much leverage. Well, Udemy's got millions and millions of users. So you got uh, Skillshare, you got all these places. Um, create a course that's on your, for your list and make it the, the, the full kitchen sink. You got a community You've got weekly live calls. You got coaching for the first 100 members, free coaching call. And you got the course, which is like five modules plus three extra ones. Sweet. Sell it for whatever you want. I don't even care. 50 bucks, 5,000 bucks. I don't care. Like just whatever works for you, the value you're creating, that's your thing. Take that and look at it in context and go, you know what? This, these three modules, I'm going to spin around into a Udemy standalone course for that market create new intros and outros for each of the modules and make sure you craft it so that it is genuinely helping and serving the Udemy audience 
and is not like a recycled knockoff of your main course. Like make it real, make it good. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe you got one for Skillshare. Maybe you got one for this one and that one. And maybe you got a free version that you put on YouTube as your lead magnet come into your list. So why not do it like that? There's no reason you can't. That's what I would would uh, recommend for anyone trying to create a course and they have zero audience. It's like you can do multiple things at once. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the yes and approach and uh, and be, even things like you can have a niche and be general at the same time and we can sort of talk about that sometime. But that's yep. that's interesting you say that and, I, and I'm a firm believer. What I really like as a takeaway from that is yes, you're building independence and you are then taking it, packaging it into a discreetly valuable thing which you put on Udemy for a fee, which you'll get maybe some small percentage of and other platforms, really easy to replicate. And it's lead gen for your main thing. All this is a big flywheel for, for you. And it's amazing how that works. And then putting it as a lead gen opt-in incentive, you know, and then a taste, a sample, if you will, of your content and your, your style and your vibe. Really love how all that, that works together and it just maximizes the benefit of your labor. So, um, yeah, super, super interested in that. It's, you know, as you're talking, I realized like, it was like, at some point I'm like, you know, when the narrative voice comes in, it was like, at this moment, you realized he should have booked him for three hours, you know? And so now I'm like wishing that we were on a three hour <laughs> podcast because I have so many rabbit holes that I want to go down with you. I hear you. We don't have the time. So uh, we'll come back to many more of the questions, but let's talk a little bit about Definitely, you. Yeah. 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 YouTube. Um, and so YouTube, obviously the second biggest platform in the search engine in the world. And it's such a great top of funnel place for people to build awareness. So now most of the people listening to this are consultants, freelancers, and expert service providers of, of some kind, mostly in the marketing creative space. Um, how would you recommend, and so it's great because this is a little bit fresh for you. You've done this now twice, building a, a subscriber base on YouTube. How would you recommend someone crack the YouTube not Like getting into YouTube, getting your first you know, thousand subscribers, what would you need to know going into a, a mindset? You've talked about quality as a main North star for you. What would you say is a, what, what, what advice would you give to someone thinking about building, not just an audience to monetize to sell courses, but maybe to drive yeah. services and other benefits to your direction? For sure. Yeah. And that was like my first, uh, my first and personal channel, I guess I'll call it. It's just my name. Um, that was very much the case. People would Google me and find my YouTube videos about web design and tutorials and whatnot. And they, I thought they would buy my courses. And, and so, yeah, they did. But there are people who are like, I like your vibe, but I don't have the time for it. And so how much? And so I'd set up a bit of a funnel where, hey, you want to hire me or buy my courses? Hire me, request a proposal. I'll get back to you. We'll jump on a call and then we'll talk business. So very much like you use your content marketing and video form to generate uh, service clients, like 100%. Um, and so recommend, uh, advice in that department would be, um, that's a great one. Okay. So cons what I found is consistency really does matter. And the first bit is a bit of a grind. So they say like the YouTube grind, you know, you're on the YouTube content hamster wheel and you burn out and all that sort of stuff. Um, if you're not making income outside of it, the burnout will happen much sooner because this was for me, I had like this, uh, this partnership or this, uh, this cool relationship where I'm building the community and the content. Like I wasn't needing for YouTube to make me money. It was more like we're creating something here, a marketing asset. Um, so I didn't really experience that. Like, Oh man, when's this going to start making cash? So I didn't have that, you know, uh, panic. So 
I'm trying to like keep that in mind for if I'm doing this with zero funding at all, you know, and that'd be a lot of folks. So consistency really does matter. Um, if you can put out one video a week, like that would be awesome. P pick your cadence and stick to it for like a year. Um, and like, just like, and don't look at the numbers. Don't worry about it. Don't over, uh, analyze it. Just like consistency really matters. Cause somebody told me this is that you're paying the YouTube tax <laughs> and it's, it's just like a term that they use paying the YouTube tax. Basically, I think what YouTube is doing is they're watching you to see, are you actually going to show up? Or are you going to be like 98% of the other YouTube creators who burn out at month four and a half or even eight, you push through, you got to a year and you cracked that thousand subscribers or whatever the minimum number is, or this many hours on your shorts or this, this, this. Okay. We'll monetize you and we'll put you as a YouTube partner. And you, and then you go, Oh wow. Like this is really working. And then you get a little more views and you get suggested. And it's basically you're paying a YouTube tax uh, in one sense. Yeah. People are watching your videos. There are ads on all your videos, but you don't get paid for those. YouTube does, you know, like meaning or YouTube doesn't have to pay you out. So in a sense, you are paying a YouTube tax. You're creating content for revenue, you know, in this ad, in this ad world where you're not getting that revenue share for a little while. So put in the time, be consistent, but also balance. I know a lot of people are be like, just use your webcam. Everyone's got a fancy camera in their pocket. I say bollocks to that. Like if your stuff looks crap, I mean, you got to have really, really good content in order for someone to look at a crappy iPhone video on like reverse in widescreen. And with bad audio, like make it look decent. Like you can, you can set it up. You can get a window. Like it's not that hard to make your setup look good. You don't have to spend like a mortgage payment getting that set up, but make it look good, make it sound good and show up. Like if it's every two weeks, do it, do it for a year. Um, being consistent. That's a huge thing. Uh, also like pick a, pick a niche and be like specific to that. Um, cause if you're here and there and everywhere on your channel, you're just going to extend the time it takes for you to find your voice and for the algorithm to find your audience. Cause who is it for? Nobody knows. The algorithm doesn't know that's for sure. Pick your audience. And if you just want to be really specific and your channel is just stupid specific, like the people who create content for notion only, or in my case, you know, like it's really hyper focused on editor X and using that to amplify your, your creative business, focus on it, you know, and that niche like it's really important and it helps you come up with better content ideas too. Um, and th th that would be kind of like my, it's like really unglamorous. There's no secret hacks, you know, and I've, believe me, I've tried some of the secret hacks. None of them are real. Yeah. I a hundred percent. The only, the only shortcut is the, the long way and it's and the sticking through it. And I think a lot of people don't realize how long it takes for anything to get traction. I think you pay that tax, no matter what you're doing, any new venture, or anything. Right. And, and then yeah. you have to go through the phase of being not good at the skill or the craft. So it's good yeah. that you have a good quality microphone. You need audio. Yeah. You need some decent lighting and a decent camera. All of which, like if you go to kevin.me slash AV, you can see my setup. Uh, you should check out, Brad, do you have a similar resource? Because I feel like I, you've got this figured I do. Out. I have a kit, like kit.com or kit.co slash Brad Hussey. I'll give you a link afterwards. Same yeah. idea, but I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm looking at your stuff here. and It's exactly what it should look like. Okay. Well, I'm a little self-conscious talking to you because of how good your setup is. And, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, I think this is something you just accumulate over time. And I think yep. you you don't, you, like you said, originally don't overthink it, get, yep. get the content going, get the the taps rolling and get the good water come out. Um, yeah. 
you'll naturally, you know, build in the reps. It's like anything you've ever done in the past. Yeah. I mean, willing to start okay and have your taste be higher than your skills. And yeah, you push yeah, through it. Exactly. And, and really just hit the, the hit publish like cliche. Yeah, that's, that's true. My first yeah. video on the channel, like I sweat over it too much, but I still hit publish and it wasn't that good, yep. but man, I can put it together a video now and it's like 10 times better. And I don't even have to think about it. And it's, it's great. You really just have to do it. Put, do you put have reps. Do you outsource your editing now? Or are you still doing all that yourself? Uh, when, from the beginning of this channel, I've outsourced the editing. Um, it's mm. been great. It's been the one, probably the best thing. If you can afford to do that for sure, or get a freelancer to do it. But I understand that I had a unique situation, um, yep. or I've had help from a brand, but it's like, uh, Oh, it's so good. Not having to edit your own videos all the time. And I've done well, that. It's a skill, right? And like, you can do things yep. poorly or you can delegate that and just offset one of your retainers or your client projects and just lump it in and say, this is an investment in the future. And create yeah. a little budget for that. And, um, yeah, yeah um, that's great to know as well that you didn't, because I think people, they just, they burn themselves out trying to do everything, be everything, you know, and there's certain things you're just better delegating. You know, if you're not a yeah. web developer, just delegate the web development. If you're not a designer, just delegate it, have a budget for it, treat it like a business, you know, yeah. and don't try to do everything yourself. Your time is value. And if you're doing it all yourself, you're still paying for it in the yeah. most valuable asset that you'll never get back. So like friggin' pay 200 bucks a month for the thing. Like, yeah. Do you have any resources or recommendations on video editing or is it just kind of check out Upwork? For sure. Um, my, what I use, who I use is B Creatives. So becreatives.co. They're an unlimited video subscription agency. Um, and uh, they got a couple packages there. Uh, but there's also uh, videohusky.com, which is another one I've considered. And uh, there's more and more freelancers and service providers realizing that the subscription productized model is the way. Yeah. We talk about that in the community a lot. Um, and so like, and if you can get a freelancer who does video editing as a subscription for, you know, 500 bucks a month, thousand bucks a month, I don't know, like, and they have a certain capacity, like that's, it's, a, it's worthwhile for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're getting close on time and I know that there are some hard stops coming up uh, shortly. Sure. Um, yeah. I got like, kind of... let's say like five to six minutes. Okay. Cool. So um, a couple of quick questions, actually. Yeah. One question for you. So you've kind of positioned the community. It's the creative X, right. Is the name of the community. Yeah. Um, you've positioned it like your domain is creativex.show. And so you're sort of positioning it as a show, which is your YouTube sort of, and then mm -hmm. it kind of backs into the community. Why'd you do that as opposed to calling it creative X community with a show? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, funny you ask, we're actually going through a bit of a rebrand right now, actually. So maybe okay. by the time this comes out, it'll be even closer to, uh, but we're rebranding to the creative crew. Okay. And so um, the, the YouTube channel is still, you know, creative X and we'll probably find a way to, you know, maybe it'll just stay creative X. I'm not sure about that yet. Still working on that, but the community okay. is the, the creative crew. And so we have a new domain for that too. And so that's going to change a bit. So we'll have all the forwards and stuff if someone's going to an old link. Um, yep. But uh, initially it was just, that was the the domain I could get. <laughs> yeah. It was like some obscure domain. And I guess the show was the the front end and how you were advertising it. YouTube was the main chop of funnel driver for that was originally the concept, I guess. And that backed into yeah. the community. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was like the 90% focus was the the content and the, the videos on the channel. And then now it's been more like, okay, this is a nice asset to bring more people in and to create content, but the community is the, the main focus now. Yeah. Interesting. Great. And it's a great community. Anyone listening to this, definitely go check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes and then I'll update it when you have the new branding as well. Cool. Um, 
one last question for you before you go. Is there a book that you've read, a business book, that has changed the trajectory of your career or, and or your thinking that comes to mind? It could be the first thing that comes to mind. I didn't bring yeah, this question. The, the first thing that comes to mind, I have two recommendations. Um, little dated, but almost timeless and cliche, but so good. Uh, the four-hour work week. When I read that, and the $100 Startup by Chris Guillebeau. So I'm going to three Both recommendations. Good mm-hmm. Both good books. When I read those, this was like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. I was like, wow, um, this is this is what I'm looking for. And it wasn't some like sit on the beach with like a margarita and like wasting my days away. It was like, no, 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 no. Like I want to provide for my family and do good work and have fun doing it. But like, I want I want that sort of freedom and control. And so that changed my thinking paradigm shift. Those two books. Um, and then the one I've been really enjoying lately is um, uh, the the book uh, by it's not by Naval Ravikant, but it's using his words. The almanac, the al- yeah, the almanac by uh, forget his name right now. The author I usually have it on hand, um, but I've been I just flip through it, just little ideas, little bits. I go, ah, oh, it's really good. It's very validating and kind of opens your thinking. Right. I love that. And we'll leave it there, you know, and that I know ties into like wealth creation and asset, you know, building assets, which is, which is really the, at the heart of creating more profit and leverageable, profitable and leveraged business is turning your expertise into assets that live outside of you, share them with the world. Um, Brad, this has been a really informal, informative discussion. I wish we could go another two or three hours and make it a Joe yeah, Rogan style podcast. I know. I hey. definitely have to pull you back in because I have too many rabbit holes not to go down. I'd love Thank to. Let's for- do a part two for sure. Yeah, this has been great. I really appreciate it, Brad. And uh, yeah, all the notes will be in the show notes. And uh, just to sign off, where can people go to, to find more to follow along with what you're working on? Well, uh, yeah. So go to creativex.show and that's the community, but you also get on my list, my newsletter. It's kind of like my go-to. You can also go to bradhussey.ca, which is my personal site where it kind of loops into the same newsletter. It all goes to the same place. Yeah, great. Brad, really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to the next conversation. Thanks so much, Kevin. So that was it, my friend. Thank you so much for staying with us to the end. If you want to learn more about Brad, you can go to bradhussey.ca or check out the Creative Crew community. Try saying that fast, Creative Crew community at creativecrewcommunity.com. He's got a really interesting uh, uh, community there on Circle that we talked about throughout this uh, podcast episode. And as always, if you want to get more involved, you can head over to kevin.me and on that website, you'll find information about how to build a more profitable and leveraged marketing practice as well as Mindshare. It's our membership community for marketing consultants really designed there to help you build a more leveraged and profitable marketing practice. And I think you'll love all the content and resources that we have available over on that website. Go check it out. It's at kevin.me and the membership details are at howtosselladvice.com. And I'll leave you there for now, my friends. As always, if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. It goes a long, long way and I really appreciate it. All right. Bye for now.